Super Talk Mississippi Media Production. You can wrap this one, my friend, in maroon and white. Ten seconds, nine, eight, seven, six, five, four, three, two, one. Bingo! You're listening to Thunder and Lightning on Super Talk Mississippi. Covering Mississippi State sports like nobody else. Thunder and Lightning live here on Super Talk Mississippi. I am Brian Haydad. That's Rhino down there in Studio X in Jackson. Making sure everything stays on the rails as much as he possibly can. So it's a lot. It's a lot of train to have to deal with here on the underline. Thank you for joining me here at Super Talk. You can be listening at supertalk.fm. You can listen on your Super Talk app. You can be uh, watching on Super Talk TV and get a big shot of my my massive dome. Or you can, you know what? I, I just learned this the other day. You can just say to your Alexa, "Hey, play uh, Super Talk Mississippi." Boom! There it is. So so many ways to connect with us. Thank you. However, you're joining us here tonight. Love to have a good time on the show. Love to talk Mississippi State sports, but unfortunately today we do have to start off with some terrible news out of Starville. You've already heard it if you listen to Sports Talk Mississippi earlier today or if you've been on social media, but uh, MSU freshman student-athlete Samuel Westmoreland, who is a graduate of Tupelo High School, an offensive lineman for the Mississippi State football team, uh, has passed away at the age of 19. Statements from uh, Dr. Keenum. Mike Leach and John Cohen all basically telling us the same thing, that is a tragic loss of a young man who's had his entire life in front of him. Uh, Mississippi State has canceled all of its media opportunities today. Mike Leach was not on the SEC uh, teleconference as he's uh, you know, obviously going to be dealing with a grieving team at this time. Uh, you know, I cover Mississippi State, obviously, but I can't say that I knew this young man, and I, and I regret that now because you know, I would have liked to have been able to tell you more about his story. But I have uh, reached out and talked to some people in Tupelo, some friends of mine, and they all say came from a great family and, uh, and it was, a, was a really good kid. So this is a really, really sad day for the Mississippi State family. Our thoughts and prayers go out to the Westmorelands. Um, I, I said I didn't know your son, but if in any way I can help you in, in, in this time, you just have to reach out to me. I'll be happy to, to speak with you, and, and anything I can do for you, I, I would be willing to do so. If you are a uh, Mississippi State student listening in, they, the, the university wants you to know that if you need to, to talk with somebody, they've got opportunities there for you. Uh, the, with student counseling services, open 9 to 4, or you can call 662-325-2091 to find out more information. So if you need some help, if you need something to help you get through this time, please do not hesitate to reach out and, and do that. So hate to start the uh, the show on such a, a, a down note, but it is what it is, and you, you know you have to you have to report that news. Uh, you hate to have to do it, but so such is life. Let's move on. Let's let's talk about a little MSU football as best we can. We've got a good show lined up for you today. My buddy Robbie Falk will be here in the studio with me. Unfortunately, still no camera on him. But you know what? He's much prettier than me. I don't know that I want people to see him. They might be like, why is that guy not the face of the organization? I don't need to deal with that. So we'll just have him on the microphone, and you can just, we'll just this picture will be up, and that's enough. Um, we'll talk a little recruiting uh, in the show. Mississippi State got a big commitment this past week on Sunday. 
and we'll talk about that and sort of where this recruiting class is headed. Some new some new faces could be coming in, some new offers going out. Uh, maybe I'm doing all that because I just don't want to talk that much about Mississippi State, Alabama, or I don't want to talk that much about Mississippi State, Kentucky. Uh, yeah. Could you blame me? Could you blame me after what happened Saturday night in Lexington? Just an absolute disaster. You know, I I always feel bad when I, I make a prediction with confidence and it goes wrong because it's kind of become my brand at this point. You get people on the text line, people on Twitter, people on message boards like, oh, God, hey, Dad's confident. It's over. Got no chance to win. And if I, I, it bears out. You know, every time I'm just like, ah, State's got this one in the bag. It's invariably a loss for the maroon and white. You'd think at some point the university would reach out to me and be like, could you just shut up? Could you just could you just stop with the confidence? You know, here's a prize package, a couple of, couple of Adidas polos, you know, with a gigantic logo on them. Could you just not, not pick us this week? I don't know. You don't have to worry about it this week, guys. No, no worries. I'm not gonna I'm not gonna go there. Um but that, that game was <sighs> State played about as poorly as, as you could on, on offense and defense. Special teams you just had like the one bad play with the uh the, the, the punt, the shanked punt, shankopotamus. It happens. But defensively gave up nearly five hundred yards. And an offense, you know, in Kentucky that had not been able to run the ball at all this year, rushes goes for over two hundred yards rushing. Uh, it's really, and nothing, not doing anything fancy. They're just running the ball right up the middle, right up the gut on you. Pretty embarrassing. But defensively, I mean, twenty-seven points is not a Mount Everest, man. It's not the the biggest hill in the world to climb. Offensively is where this game was lost, and this was the issue that I have with Mike Leach thus far into his tenure. You know, two and a half years in, is that State continues to lose games where I can't put it on the defense. When you, you think when you're hiring Mike Leach, you're like, well, his losses are going to be like 45-42 games. Just couldn't keep the other team out of the end zone. Haven't had one of those at Mississippi State. Every game that, that State's lost under Mike Leach is a game where I can circle offensively they didn't do enough, and this is certainly one of those games. State has 17 points, but seven of those come off of pick six. So 10 offensive points, 225 yards. You're not going to beat anybody playing football like that. You're not going to beat anybody playing offense like that. And that's just not what anybody thought you were signing on for when Mike Leach came on board. He thought when they lose games, it'll be because they just can't stop the other team. And then you saw the first, you know, Arnett's defense, and you're like, well, he's a pretty good defensive coordinator. He's doing a pretty good job. This might really work out for Mississippi State if you have this high-powered offense and then this stingy defense. And the high-powered offense just it comes and goes. It was great against Texas A&M and Arkansas, but on the road this year, it's been bad. At LSU, at uh, Kentucky, even against Arizona, that game, I mean, Arizona is not as good a team as Mississippi State, but that game was still in doubt in the fourth quarter. State had to get a late touchdown to sort of salt the game away. And now you're on the road playing an Alabama team that, for lack of a better word, is going to be really angry this weekend. They're not in a good mood, and they know that they're. They know they have no wiggle room. Alabama's not about. Well, you know, maybe we're not going to the Sugar Bowl this year. We can still end up in the Orange. That's not Alabama. There, we want to play for a national championship, and they know they have no wiggle room left. 
They can't lose another game. They still have huge games coming up with LSU, with Ole Miss. Even the Iron Bowl is, you know, it's it's a game that matters to them. And so Mississippi State is going to try, you know, they're going to treat them like the, the, the salve that heals the wound. They're going to try to, you know, make a statement that, okay, we had we had our down moment last week, but now we're we're going to bounce back. Historically, for Mississippi State, it's just it's just been a nightmare recently against Alabama. Not that it hasn't been since the beginning of these two teams playing each other, but I've been saying it all week. Under Saban, State has only scored eight point five per game against Alabama. The last three trips to Tuscaloosa, they haven't been in the end zone, and in the last two years, uh, Leach has lost to them a combined ninety to nine. Last year in the West, Arkansas lost to Alabama by 7. Ole Miss lost to them by 21. LSU lost by 6. Auburn lost by 2. And Texas A&M beat them. So everybody was within some sort of striking distance at some point. And then you have State who lost 49-9. It's difficult. I mean, we're not... And I want to say this, and I I made this the point on the podcast, and I made this point on Sports Talk Mississippi... I wouldn't be confident about State's chances in this game if State had beaten Kentucky by by forty last week. I don't. I, it's just a bad matchup for whatever reason. Saban has the kryptonite, the key to to, to, to stopping Mike Leach. He has it, not sharing it. But for me, it's not even about a win and a loss in this game. It's just about can State play better? Can the game be a game? Can, it, can we go to the fourth quarter and it's a two-score game. Can State put the ball in the end zone a couple times, score 17 points? Like everybody else in the conference is doing on Alabama these days, everybody else is getting points on them. Look at look at their schedule thus far. A&M got some points. Obviously, Tennessee got a bunch of points. Arkansas was able to score on them. Mississippi State it shouldn't be going over there and looking like, you know, a G5 team playing Alabama. Can it, can it look like an SEC team playing an SEC team? That would be a big improvement for Mississippi State. So we'll see. We'll see what happens Saturday night uh, in Tuscaloosa. My friend Robbie Falk will be joining us uh, very shortly when we uh, when we come back from commercial. Uh, and then, like I said, in the uh, a little later in the show, it's going to be some recruiting talk, which means you're going to get to hear the song. I know you're excited to uh, to hear the, the recruiting song here on Thunder and Lightning. As we get set for Mississippi State, Alabama, and a, uh, I don't know. I don't know what's going to happen in Tuscaloosa. I'm not feeling good, though. I don't have a ton of confidence. We'll just put it that way. So, Robbie Falk joins us when we come back. This is Thunder and Lightning Live. This is Super Talk Mississippi. Mississippi. Listen up! There is a storm coming! If I, uh, if I turn my head this way, it's like I'm looking at Robbie, because there's pictures right there on the 
Like, like Robbie, how you doing today? It's good to see you. Robbie Falk, 24-7 Sports, Starville Daily News, Man About Town, self-proclaimed Huguenot. Is that right? <laughs> sure, why not? Didn't know I was going to be called a Huguenot today. <laughs> no, it happens. And, of course, the co-host of the Thunder and Lightning Pod, the lightning to my thunder, five days a week, wherever you get podcasts from. Robbie, you and I, you know, we haven't done our preview pod yet for Mississippi State, Alabama that we do every Friday, but it's going to be an interesting one for us to do because we're both of the mindset that this is going to be a blowout loss for Mississippi State. So I want you to, we're going to, we're going to try to sell a little positivity here. Let's shovel a little sunshine like our friend Joel Coleman would do. <laughs> how, how can Mississippi State win this game? I think the the best thing for Mississippi State to do to win this game because I, I don't think that this is an an unbeatable Alabama team. Uh, I feel like we we've been pretty negative this week, and I feel like we've made this out to be just an an unbeatable Alabama team, uh, a task that can't be accomplished by Mississippi State. But it's just because we've seen it for so long. But j- put just putting the two teams up against each other on paper and knowing what we know about Alabama, this is a game that Mississippi State could win. The percentage chance is extremely low, but they can do some things that that could help them win the game. And I think to do that, I think you're going to have to play really, really crisp on the offensive side of the ball. You can't turn the ball over, can't have empty possessions. State's going to have to have – it's going to have to be a game very similar to what we saw last year with Texas Mm A&M. The A&M got out to a hot start. Alabama had some turnovers, I think, early in that game. You, to beat Alabama, you've got to get on them early. You've got to get out to an early lead. You've got to be able to force some turnovers. Things have got to be going poorly for them. That's how you beat Alabama. That's how Tennessee beat Alabama. And that, that's really the formula for almost any upset is yeah. better team makes mistakes, lesser team takes advantage. That's right. And, and you know, that was something I pointed out um Earlier is that you know in these these games against Alabama they're they're not making mistakes against Mississippi State our state's not able to force mistakes against Mississippi State and, and it really is odd when you look at how the rest of the conference I won't say is caught up to Alabama but they're playing competitive games with Alabama yeah. these last two years everybody is in the game late it's, at, al- at it's almost like but it's not but not state it's almost like UConn women's basketball you know yeah. like for a long time like they were beating everyone by by fifty points. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, Mississippi State beat them, and all of a sudden you're seeing a few more upsets. A few of those conference teams that they play are, are a lot closer. And that's what you're seeing now within the SEC. It's not just, you know, you wait until the Iron Bowl or you wait until the LSU game or the, or the Georgia game. Now there's more teams that can kind of hang in there with them for a little bit. Mm-hmm. And that that's kind of the thing. And, and you also have a team that, you know, people are not telling them how great they are this year. There's a lot of... There's a lot of friction there. There's a lot of people talking about their defensive backfields not very good. They haven't defended the pass very well. You know, Bryce Young's been in and out of being injured. So it, it hasn't been all sunshines and rainbows for Alabama this year. And I think for Mississippi State to have a chance, you've got to put doubt in their mind early in the game. You got to have them say, "Well, here we go again. Mm-hmm. We got another bad start. We're not playing well. This is an issue for us." You've got to start having some friction between, uh, kind of, you know, within the gates there yeah. of the castle, uh, well, if you will. And I think that's kind of the key for state. They've got to play great, and they've got to have some things go their way too. 
Why has Will Rogers not been his usual self in these road SEC games? Last year against A&M and Auburn on the road, and Vanderbilt, you know, he didn't play well. Uh, oh, I'm sorry. Oh, in Arkansas, he played well. Mm-hmm. All four SEC road games last year, Will Rogers put up huge numbers. I think he was over 400 yards passing in all four of those games. And yet this year on the road at LSU, at Kentucky, he is he looks more like what we saw from him as a true freshman than anything else. What's what's the biggest issue there? I think it's really the defenses that he's playing. I don't, I don't think it's so much the being on the road thing as it is the defense that he's playing has has schemed him well and has kind of knocked him off of off of his balance a little bit. He hasn't been able to come out and get the same rhythm that he's gotten at home. And maybe that's the the to me it's it's the entire offense, but maybe that's just the comfortability of being at, at home um, in a way that you, the entire offense has kind of settled in, they, and they know that they can kind of get into a rhythm. This team has not been able to get into that same rhythm on the road for whatever reason. And really, they didn't at times in that Arizona game either. They didn't play great in that Arizona game. So, uh, you know, I think it's it boils down to the entire unit has just not been incredibly crisp on the road. This past weekend... I think it really came down to State just wasn't able to establish the run. They weren't able to uh, get up tempo very often, which I thought uh, got them uh, some opportunities in that possession where they scored the touchdown. So it, there's there's been no rhythm with this offense against LSU and Kentucky so far. Injury news for the Bulldogs. I think we both expect no Dylan Johnson this weekend. I don't think we expect LaQuinston Sharp this weekend for the Bulldogs, but there's a chance that Jaden Crumity returns for Mississippi State, we'll start with the guys who are out. We were talking about State, and, and you know we feel like they both need to be more balanced offensively. They have to run the football. If no Dylan Johnson is is if Dylan Johnson's not available, what do we can expect from the State running game? And, I mean, and look, Quincy Sharp plays like you draw on that too. Yeah, it's going to be tough. This is a team that's going to be able to to defend the run a little bit. State's not going to be able to just just uh, move people out of the way as well as they did against. Uh, Texas A&M and Arkansas, I think Bama's going to be a lot more difficult to run the football against. And that's what's going to be interesting. If State sees that the run is not working, are they just going to pull out like they did against Kentucky and just start throwing the football? Because I don't think I don't see a way that Mississippi State can win this football game if they haven't rushed for over 100 yards. And that's asking a lot against an Alabama defense. Which I mean, they gave up 52 points last week against Tennessee, but Tennessee hit some big time pass plays. So I don't I don't think State's going to have the offense to hit those big 30, 40 yard pass plays that Tennessee did. So that State's offense I think has to establish the run, and it's going to be very difficult when you don't have a guy like Dylan Johnson that can really break through those tackles. I think Jaquavius Marks done a better job, but. It, Dylan is more equipped to take on SEC defenses and pick up chunks of yards. That's going to be tough. And then the other side of that, Jaden Crumity, if he's available this week, I don't, I don't know what it means for this week, but having him back for those final uh, what f- uh, four games of the season, huge for Mississippi State. Yeah, I'm not expecting him this week. I don't think he's practiced a whole lot this this week. He's been doing. That's got to be by design. He's think? been doing some things off the side. I mean, if he's not ready, it's kind of like LaQuinston Sharp. If they're not healthy, why throw them in this game and have them go up against these massive five-star, four-star recruits and and risk further injury? So if he's not ready, this game is already expected to go one-sided. Just let those guys get rest. You get a week off next week. 
I feel like if State was six and one, if they had beaten Kentucky, they might be pushing Crumity to play in this yeah. one. But as it is, you're like, let's get him back for the for the final stretch. Well, the one thing I want to see from State's defense moving forward is better substitution patterns. It's been and weird we, this year. We've discussed that a lot. Mm-hmm. That you're not doing your defense very many favors by playing those starters like 75, 80 percent of the snaps. There's there's guys in there that they can they can come in there and give those guys a break that could really help you on defense. JP Purvis mm-hmm. can really help you a little more. Uh, uh, Nathan Pickering, uh, a little more Deshaun Page at linebacker, mm-hmm. Corey Ellington at safety, uh, Marcus Banks at cornerback. There's some guys out there that probably need some more reps. And quite frankly, they need to get some some of those freshman defensive linemen and linebackers out there because they're going to need them next year. Yeah, Those guys are going to be thrown into the fire. So these guys have got to have some some more reps. Because right now, the, somebody on our board posted the, the numbers from PFF on the snap counts. Mm-hmm. And it was just outrageous. You know, a lot of those guys were getting maybe one or two snaps, hardly any snaps. The the starters were were playing most of that ball game, and that's why at the end of the game, mm-hmm. Chris Rodriguez is picking up eight or nine yards before he's going to the ground. <laughs> we're not fans of one A one B, but they they do do they're not doing a good job of shuffling guys in and out. There's just no, no question about that. They, and, they've got they've got to figure out a, a better formula for that, and maybe maybe that falls in the position coaches because mm-hmm. Zach Arnett's just calling the defense. He's not. I don't think he's sitting there, you know, yeah. making sure every guy's nah. getting in the game. I think that falls on the position coaches to figure out a way to have a better pattern. Yeah, going to be a. It really does feel like this is just about getting out of this game, staying healthy. as healthy as you can. Then you have the bye week, and then it's it starts up again. Auburn, Georgia, uh, East Tennessee State, and Ole Miss. Can you go three and one in that stretch to get the eight wins? And yep. if you can, everybody's going to be happy at the end of the year. And if you can't, and you're seven and five, and you lost to Ole Miss for a third straight year, well, then we get to have some conversations about what the the, the Mike Leach tenure is going to figure out or going to finish up like. So, Robbie Falk, follow him on Twitter at Robbie Falk twenty four seven. You can follow his news anywhere, and subscribe to his YouTube channel. He does live chats and all sorts of great stuff there that you can get as much MSU information as you want. And of course, five days a week with me on the Thunder and Lightning podcast. Thank you, Robbie. I appreciate it. Thanks for having me, Brian. Anytime. All right, we'll be back in just a minute. I got to warm up the pipes for the Cruton song. Super Talk Mississippi, this is Thunder and Lightning. Thunder and Lightning on Super Talk Mississippi. Back here on Thunder and Lightning, here on Super Talk Mississippi. Have you ever missed any of the show? Or you just like to listen to it again? Which, you know, I hope is the case. Go to the Super Talk, uh, or go to the Thunder and Lightning podcast feed. It's available wherever you get podcasts. Apple, Spotify, Google Play, Stitcher, a million other podcast apps that I don't know, and I only learn that they exist when someone says, hey, I can't find the podcast on my What's-A-Doodle app here. What's going on? And then I learned that there's a What's-A-Doodle app. But wherever you get podcasts from, Thunder and Lightning is there, as is Sports Talk Mississippi. You can listen to that five days a week. Uh, This show, all the Thunder and Lightnings are there, all this good stuff. So check us out 
wherever you get podcasts from. It's time to talk about what we call the procurement of new players into the football program. Uh, it is known by its familiar name, which is recruiting, but here on Thunder and Lightning, we just like to refer to it as Cruton, and I believe we have a song for that. All right, Mississippi State flips Creed Whitmore from the University of Florida. This kid goes to high school in Gainesville and flipped from the University of Florida. His brother is on the Florida football team, and he flipped from Florida to Mississippi State. This kid really didn't want to go to Florida. Uh, 5'11 and a half, 175. He currently plays quarterback uh, for his high school team, but he'll be a receiver at the next level, a slot receiver. And that's an area where Mississippi State needs the guys. You know, Austin Williams, Jameer Calvin, both seniors, they'll both be out. Uh, I would imagine there's a chance that Jaden Wally either decides to look at the, his pro prospects or, honestly, as much as he's fallen out of the rotation this year, I wouldn't be completely surprised to see him decide to move on from Mississippi State. We'll just have to see how that goes. But State needs slot receivers. And this kid is, is a good one. Uh, rated as four stars by uh, 24-7 Sports. Uh, they have him rated as the number 171 player in the country. So part of their top 24-7, the number 12 athlete uh, in the country. Had offers from, from like we said, from Florida. Uh, looking at some of their Power 5 offers. Georgia Tech, Louisville, Miami, Michigan, Penn State, Texas A&M. Good prospect uh, for Mississippi State. And uh, for a team that, you know, I feel like they recruit more wide receivers than they ever have before, but you need them. You know, the way the state likes to rotate guys in and out, they're playing eight, nine receivers a game. So you got to have these guys. And, and like I said, this is a kid who, who has an opportunity, I think, to, to come in as a freshman and, and make an impact for Mississippi State. Just such a good quality athlete. Um, the Florida recruiting people down at 24-7 spoke very, very highly of him. So that's 16 commitments for Mississippi State in the uh, the 2023 class. Obviously, just still the one composite four-star. If you look at the 24-7 rankings, I think they have four or five four-stars. But uh, Chris Parsons still the only com- composite four-star uh, for the Bulldogs, the quarterback out of uh, Brentwood, Tennessee. Some new names have been cropping up, though, on the offer list. And one that I'm, I'm particularly intrigued with is a Mississippi kid who I thought Mississippi State should have been recruiting much harder uh, earlier in the process. But Dante Dowdle, a big running back out of Picayune, Mississippi. Just a, I'll just put it with this way: if if Dan Mullen or Joe Moorhead were still the head coach at, at Mississippi State, this kid would have been committed to Mississippi State. <laughs> he might have been the first offer state throughout. Just a big, powerful runner, and you get early on why maybe Mike Leach wasn't interested because he doesn't fit the the, the mold of a traditional air raid tailback. You know, Picayune is not a team that throws the ball a lot. So he doesn't have a lot of experience catching passes. I get it. I get it. I just see a talented football player, and I say, you know, you, you, you can teach him. You can work with him on the on the pass catching. But for whatever reason, State was going to make this a one-running-back class. They had the kid Seth Davis out of the uh, state of Texas who's setting all sorts of records over there. So a really quality prospect. But then you see Katravian Hargrove decide he wants to enter the transfer portal. Then he pulls his name out, but... I think you and I, are, we're all smart enough to know that when somebody enters the transfer portal, and they, they're probably going back into the transfer portal. I would not count on Katravian Hargrove being a contributor for Mississippi State this year or any year. So 
your depth chart changes and you lose a guy. And, and it's, it's, it's not beyond question, again, to think that a guy like Dylan Johnson might decide to have a look at the NFL, who has shown you know, the ability to be a good running back. And, you know, it's still got a ton of tread on the tires, you know, so that's, that's something that makes him attractive to NFL teams, I would think. It's like, here's a guy that we know can produce but hasn't had to carry the ball 200 times a year. So why not? And so you need to bring in another running back. And Dowdell, if, if you can get this kid, is a huge prospect for Mississippi State. Uh, a, a guy that I think could be, you know, I mean, Mississippi State running backs, you know, it's a great and proud legacy. He could be right up there with him. I, I think he's just that talented a player. Another player to watch in these next coming weeks is a guy by the name of Ashton Porter. Now, he's a Texas kid, a big defensive lineman, four-star kid uh, out of Cypress, Texas, Cy Ranch High School. Was committed to Northwestern, so obviously got to be a good student-athlete. You know, got to obviously got to have a good grades to to be considered by Northwestern. But again, a guy with a long list of offers: uh, Michigan State, Arizona, Arizona State, Arkansas, Baylor, uh, Miami. Again, Nebraska, Ole Miss is on his list. But he's picked up some interest in Mississippi State. They're doing everything they can to get him on campus because that's the key, right? You can't do you know. Same with Dattle. You can't you know you can't get these guys on campus. You can't recruit them. Uh, I believe Dante Daddle said he'll be on campus for the Auburn game, uh, so that's two weeks from now on November the fifth, and that'll be a big, big visit. You know, if you get him on campus and you get him squared away and you let him talk to the coaches, then you know you can maybe make up a lot of the ground that you're behind on the kid. But I haven't mentioned that Daddle is currently committed to the University of Oregon. Mississippi State of Mississippi had a kid commit to University of Oregon a couple years ago, or has had a couple kids, I guess, recently. Uh, you had Isaiah Brevard, the uh, receiver out of South Haven, who's still there. And then you had the running back Trey Benson out of Greenville St. Joe, who was classmates with Dylan Johnson. Uh, he transferred down to Florida State this offseason. Obviously, having Joe Moorhead on staff there for a little while uh, gave them some uh, some inside uh, track on some Mississippi kids. Not quite sure what the what the uh, connection is now, but you know you're gonna that would be a big flip. That's something that for Mississippi State under Mike Leach, they've been better at than in previous uh, administrations. Is getting some kids to flip. Here and there. Obviously, last year, the, you know, Marquez Dortch uh, from um, from Ole Miss, uh, they got him on board. Uh, I'm trying to think, there's, there's a few others here and there. That Cannon Boone, they flipped him, and Jackson LaHue both flipped him from Virginia Tech. Um, there's another one I, I'm just missing. I apologize for that. One thing that I like, I've liked about the recruiting process under. Leach, that's been, in my opinion, was different than under Mullen and Moorhead. More, more so Mullen. Was that when Mullen missed out on his top guys, nine times out of ten, he would end up getting a guy from a, and then again, no offense to Southern Miss, but from Southern Miss or South Alabama, who was committed to them, or, or you know, their best offers were from Conference USA and Group of Five schools. And you'd end up taking those guys and hoping you could develop. And a lot of times it worked out, but a lot of times, most of the time it didn't. With this group, it feels like when plan A doesn't work, plan B is still a guy with a lot of power five offers. We'll talk about it from the quarterback perspective. Um, that early on, the, you know, Chris Parson was not the, uh, the, uh, the top guy on the board. That, you know, that was, that was not who Mississippi State was, was after when they started the process of trying to find a quarterback in this class. They wanted Brock Glenn, who's now committed to, um, Ohio State. 
So when Glenn's, it became obvious he wasn't, you know, he wasn't reciprocating the interest for Mississippi State. State was able to go after a guy like Chris Parson with a ton of Power Five offers who was committed to Florida State. There's another flip. Maybe that's who I'm thinking of. And get them. So this 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 guy this group of, of, of coaches for whatever reason, and it's not like they're recruiting at a much higher level than Mullen did. They're still in the twenty five to thirty five range, but they don't give up as much. Mullen had some give up in him in recruiting, and I think he saw that at Florida. And that's why he's not the coach there anymore. And they they do a better job of staying on their targets even when they're committed to other schools, and they've been able to have some success in pulling some guys and some flips their way. Now they've had some flips go against them, obviously. You know, like Malik, uh, Malik. Uh, oh gosh, what was his name? Malik Neighbors and MJ Daniels. Somebody asking about Isaac Smith on the uh, the, uh, the the text line. Probably the top target on State's board. It's the top uncommitted target on State's board. The safety out of Fulton. They want him badly. He's been on campus. Uh, he was. He made three straight games. He's there for Bowling Green, uh, Arkansas, and uh, and Texas A and M. Not in that order, obviously. That's the guy to watch. If he's there for the Auburn game, I mean, follow the visits. If, if somebody shows up on your campus four weeks in a row, their interest is obviously real. That's one of the top players in the country. That's a guy who I, I would feel really confident in telling you will be a freshman starter if he comes to Mississippi State. He will start as a true freshman. Just a great, And another kid, good student athlete, early enrollee. We'll see how it goes. That's a guy you, State definitely, definitely wants to get in maroon and white. So, Love talking a little recruiting. But when we come back, we got to talk about this Alabama game a little bit more in depth, as much time as we have for that. We'll give you a couple of players to watch. I'm going to give you a prediction. I'm just going to go ahead and tell you, if you're a diehard Bulldog, you're not going to like the prediction. It's going to be ugly. I'll give you that warning now. So We'll do that when we come back. We'll wrap things up here the year on Wednesday. This is Thunder and Lightning Live. This is Super Talk Mississippi. Super Talk Mississippi. If they call a celebration penalty on this, I'll shoot them. Thunder and Lightning Live, Super Talk Mississippi. Brian Haydad with you. Rhino running things down for me in uh, Studio X. Whenever something goes wrong, it's my fault. Don't don't ever blame him. He did everything he could. Mississippi State, Alabama, six thirty kickoff uh, over in. Uh, I'm sorry, six o'clock kickoff over at uh, Brian Denny Stadium. I will be there live. Uh, so we'll do our TNL uh, post game show live from Brian Denny uh, after the game. So that'll be you know probably around ten o'clock or so. Be uh, live on Spotify live. You can uh, talk with me. So I'll take your calls, your comments, your questions. I'll be your grief counselor if you need me to be, and that's probably what's going to be the case after this one. Some players to watch. If Dylan Johnson's out, and like I said, expect him to be, I, then, then obviously the, the the guys you have to keep an eye on: Jaquavius Marks and Simeon Price, because uh, they're going. They, they state has to run the football. 
You saw last week only seven carries for the running backs in that game, and you saw what happened. The offense this year has been great when it's been balanced, and when it has not been balanced, you see the results. Um, so State's got to try to run the football against this Alabama defense, which won't be won't be easy. We all know that the, the amount of talent in that Alabama front seven. We know Mississippi State is going to be you know just five guys. There's no there's no tight end. I, maybe see some more of those two back sets just to give you the extra blocker, but. In those sets, a lot of times they like to use Dylan Johnson as that blocker because he's the bigger, more physical guy, and you can't do that this week. So, But Marks and Price are going to have to do something in this game for Mississippi State to have any sort of chance of just keeping it close. You can't just rely on Will Rogers to throw the ball 50 times in this game and, and hope for the best. It just, it just can't happen like that. So, so Marks and Price offensively, defensively, you got to find a way to pressure Bryce Young in some way, shape, or form. I didn't think I, I didn't I didn't think State did a good enough job last week against a Kentucky offensive line that we had, we talked about it. They were weak. They've been giving up a ton of sacks, and then State really couldn't get to Will Levis with the kind of of consistency that they needed to. So who does that for the State this week? I don't know. I mean, I don't really know. I'm really at a loss. I, I, my first thought is Tyrus Wheat, but you know, Alabama's offensive line is good. They're going to be able to neutralize this guy. So maybe it's going to have to be somebody like, maybe believe it or not, like a Colin Duncan coming on some safety blitzes. I feel like State's going to be aggressive. Can Duncan get back there? He he is Colin Duncan as a run stopper, a pass rusher, help in coverage, turnover maker, does all those things. It's his his weaknesses are when you put him in man coverage. So if State asks him to do the right things, he can be a big plus for Mississippi State. And then as far as an X-factor goes for the Bulldogs, somebody who could make a big play, I feel like you know, Tulu Griffin has had like three or four returns this year, 40, 50-yard, 60-yard returns that get called back on a penalty. Eventually that's not going to happen. Eventually he's going to have a big return that he's going to, to get a touchdown. Maybe this is the week. I'm, I'm trying to will that into existence to a certain degree. But I, I feel like... State's going to have to find a non-offensive touchdown if they want to stay in this football game, be it from defense or special teams. I feel like special teams is just a better opportunity for State because Bryce Young just doesn't make a ton of mistakes. He's unlikely to throw a lot of interceptions, especially ones that you can convert into points. Now, that being said, you got Emmanuel Forbes back there who has such a great nose for the end zone. So we'll see what happens. Prediction-wise, I mean, I feel bad saying this, you know, it hurts. hurts. It hurts right here, right here in the hot. But State hasn't scored a touchdown in Tuscaloosa since 2014. I said it earlier in Sports Talk Mississippi. The last guy to score a touchdown for Mississippi State in Tuscaloosa was Jamion Lewis. 51-3 in 16, 24-0 in 18, 41 nothing in 2020. I mean, i got to see it happen before I can. I don't think it's going to happen, I'll be honest with you. Last week... What I saw, well, the way State's played on the road this year, I, I don't think the Bulldogs have it in them. I'm going big. The, the spread's 21. Guys, you, you could feel really comfortable putting some money down on that if you want to head over to the uh, sports book at Timeout Lounge at the Golden Moon and put a little money down. You, you can feel good about it. Alabama 45, Mississippi State 6. A couple field goals. St- I just don't see it, guys. I just don't. So anyway, the good news is this. It's one game. You lose it. You, you erase it, you wipe it, and then you head into the, the stretch run of the season where you've got two games that you feel really good about winning with East Tennessee and Auburn, 
And then you have Georgia and Ole Miss. You got to split those games. You split those games. You're eight and four. And everybody's a happy camper in Starkville. You don't. You finish seven and five. It sort of is what it is at that point, guys. And there'll be a difficult off season. And I'd feel bad for the people whose job it is to sell season tickets. We'll worry about that down the road, though. The month of November will be here soon enough. Mississippi State, Alabama on Saturday. Thunder and Lightning next week. State's in the bye next week. They're off on the 29th. I was going to let you know, Coach Chris Jans, head basketball coach at Mississippi State, he will be my guest next week on Thunder and Lightning. We will talk some MSU hoops with the new head Bulldog and the the new overseer of the Humphrey Coliseum. Looking forward to that uh, that conversation. You guys, have a great week. Back with you uh, next week. Thanks for listening to Thunder and Lightning Live. Thanks, Rhino. Thanks for listening to this show here on Super Talk Mississippi. A Super Talk Mississippi media production.